0: Welcome to a special edition episode of Broke Nerd Podcast. Now, here's the thing. I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do more of a special edition episode focusing on a character. And focusing on the origin stories to it, leading up to everything that's going on. And what movie I'm actually talking about. Is the movie Suzam that I want to talk about the rise and fall and the rise again of this underrated character. That if it wasn't for everything that happened for this um to this character, he would probably be the face of DC Comics. And I know this is a bold statement and everything saying that, but it could have been true. And on top of that, too, that he actually coined the original name Captain Marvel. Now, if you guys want to know about that, stay tuned and everything for the special edition episode of Broken Nerd Podcast. Now, let's go ahead and start this episode of Broken Nerd Podcast. Now, during the time of the 1930s, we were actually getting superheroes. We had the Phantom, we had the Shadow, but we never actually got an actual superhero. But that actually changed in February of 1938 when Action Comics issue number one gave birth to Superman. Then, a year later in 1939, we got the birth of Batman. But there's another superhero that was coming in the works, and that character actually appeared as Captain Marvel, aka Zazam. He made his appearance in February. 1940 and Wiz Comics issue number two. Originally, he was supposed to come out in December of 1939, but due to um, printing issues and whatnot, it had to push back a couple of months for it to be able to come out. So Fawcett Comics Publications was a um, was a publication company between 1939 to 1953 that wanted to come up with their character their own Superman character. So they decided to come up with an idea for it. His name was Captain Thunder. Uh, pretty much of six different superheroes combining together into one superhero. I know, this sounds like so Captain Planet and the Tears kind of thing, but this was the 1930s, they came up with it first. <laughs> but anywho, um, writers Bill Parker and C.C. Beck, well, actually, Bill Parker and C.C. Beck came aboard, and were going, like, yeah, I mean, we wanna think it's a good idea, but we wanna change things. So pretty much Bill Parker and C.C. Beck actually came aboard, actually threw their ideas together and came up with um, Zazam, which, like I said, appeared in Wiz Comics issue number two, of February of 1940. Now, here's the origin story of Zazam, that we um, take up with the story of um, orphan Billy Batson. That Billy was an orphan, that he was just working, minding his own business in in front of a subway station. And a person approached him, he was going like, son, what are you doing now? Why, um, Why are you out so late? Shouldn't you be home with your parents? He was going like, well, sir, I'm an orphan. I don't have any parents. That I'm just by myself and I'm just trying to make a little money in there to live. So the old man was going like, well, you mind helping me out and I'll surely reward you in a good way. And here's the thing: 1930s. No such thing as stranger danger. I know a lot of people are going like, red flags, red flags, red flags. Dudes, seriously, 1930s. Never had to worry about stranger danger back then. So, Billy ended up helping the old man down to the subway um, tunnels. But the old man was going like, well, I need a little more help. Would you mind um, following me to my home so I can be able to, um, for you to help me? Billy was going like, sure, I'll help. So, pretty much they were able to, um, they got onto the subway and then all of a sudden, bam, they were magically whisked away and to somewhere else, which we found out later down the road was the Rock of Eternity which this is a little more info stuff that gets introduced into comic books that's called retconning which means retro continuity which is that you get the same thing of your origin stories but they add in a little more information about the character about the stuff that was previously not known before but moving on that pretty much the um, person revealed himself as a great and powerful wizard that has been around for 3,000 years fighting the um, scales between good and evil. And that pretty much his name was the same. Yes, the wizard's name was Zazam, but he went by countless other names, but I just couldn't look him up or if not pronounce them. <laughs> He goes on saying that Billy Batson, you are a great um, person of pure heart, and because of that I have been fighting the battle between good and evil for many years, and with age I can no longer do it. I would need your help that if you say these words I shall grant you the powers of my champion for you to fight these battles of evil in my place. So if he uttered these words, this phrase, I shall grant you the powers of my champion. And Billy is going like, okay, say the word Shazam and I will grant you these powers. So Billy, long and behold, goes like, Shazam! Then bam, turns into Captain Marvel, the world's mightiest mortal. Now here's the thing, that the name Shazam are actually acronyms of different characters that the powers belong to that he has the wisdom of solomon the strength of hercules the stamina of atlas the powers of zeus the courage of achilles and the speed of mercury and with that combining together made him the most powerful mortal in all of the world and because of that he became captain marvel now billy had a newfound possibility and new identity as a superhero so he was transferred back to Earth to be able to fight the forces of evil and be able to um, make sure that none happens. But during the time, all other things happened. But here's the thing Bill Parker, Cece Beck, Rod um, Reed, Eddie Heron, Otto Bender, and Mark Swayze all did, um, did what they could to actually make this character right. But sadly, Bill Parker had to go um, into service during World War II because he was drafted and he had to go join. But because of that, C.C. Beck still stayed around and be able to carry on the legacy of Zazam. And that Mark Swayze actually was a writer for C.C. Beck that he was able to help him tune the character, this and that, and be able to make the character as great as, th- as he is. And here's the thing, during this time, they were selling books ridiculous amounts. They were selling hundreds, if not a millions of books. I kid you not, that let alone um, Captain Marvel himself, without the two spin-off series, which I'm gonna get to, that he was making a million copies a month, that he was outselling a lot of different people. He was outselling Superman, he was outselling Batman and that during the time, even during the World War II, that they were able to do this, and that around the time that 1943 came around, that they got to actually off characters of Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel, which later on formed the Marvel family. Then, like I said, when it gets to 1943, with the combination of all three of these titles, they were selling three million copies a month, Let alone, Zazam himself, Captain Marvel, was actually selling 1.3 million copies. Okay, with that being said, I am going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with more of Broke Nerd Podcast. And we are back with more of the special edition episode of Broke Nerd Podcast. Now, during this time that they did not get that high up into the popularity scale, or if not the comic sales without Republic, Pitch, um, without Republic Pictures. And that in 1941, Republic Pictures actually came out with a whole um, movie series or serials at the time. And these were like short films that they did like in movie theaters, movie houses, and other places that were doing like feature presentations. And this was like more for the kids. Like for example, if you're going out for a family night and you wanted to go see a movie kids would have gotten bored with the movies so they showed these movies in front of these or if not so short movies this was like around the time with the three stooges and whatnot. but Republic Pictures actually came around and actually wanted to do that and because of that there came problems because at the time Detective Comics which went on later down the road to becoming DC Comics was on a vendetta that they went after this one company uh, Fox Comics when they had a character named Wonder Man that had the same similarities as Superman they went into a lawsuit with them and because of that they sadly um, closed down and they were no longer around. And like I said, between 1941, because of this thing, with Captain Marvel being popular and with the movie, DC decided to come out with a lawsuit between them. Now, this lawsuit lasted a good while. It lasted between 19, um, wow, like I, said, I totally forgot, 1941 to 19, um, 1951. So as you can see, it literally took 10 years for this um, court battle. But, it was due to the fact that they felt like that Fawcett Comics, at the time, was actually copyright infringing the Superman character. But, here's the thing, they did go into court for this, and because of that in the 1948 roll around, this, it took about 7 years for it to go into the um, courtrooms. And here's the thing, like I said, between 1943 or so, they were doing good, so they had the lawyers for this. But the lawyer at the time was going like, look, he may be the character, but the fact of the matter is, this was your guys' goof. He told DC that because of them not copyrighting the character, that Fawcett Comics was not in Um, any way shape or form reliable for any copyright infringement because of the fact of the matter is is that during the comic book series that they were doing in newspapers that they did not copyright the Superman character and because of that that since they did not copyright the character that they felt like they abandoned the character so the whole Superman premise of like a big powerful person was up for grabs that anybody could have used it and because of them not doing that DC caught themselves in the loophole, and because of that, in 1951, Fawcett Comics won the lawsuit. But, sadly, things did not work out well. That after World War II, the boys in blue were coming home, everybody was coming home from the war. That the war was won. The United States and everything reigned victorious over the tyranny of the Nazi occupation of Germany and all other places and won the world war. So with everybody coming back, the sales started going down. Because nobody wasn't really into superheroes anymore. They were more into like horror comics and they were more into like sappy teen romance books and whatnot. And because of that, superhero sales started to plummet. And that was not a good thing because apparently in 1952, DC decided to bam, hit Fawcett again with the same copyright infringement um, lawsuit that they did before. But the judge at the time, his name was Leonard Hand. He pretty much in there was going like, okay... I can see in everything what's going on with this yes he has similarities of the character but now since the um, character is copyrighted they're infringing on it but because of that Fawcett was going like we can't do this we really can't we're not financially stable to do this anymore that you guys literally sucked the life out of us for 10 years because of this and uh, we don't have the money for it so sadly they decided to settle out of court instead of taking it into a grand court or a supreme court this and that Fawcett decided to make a deal with DC comics and settle out of court that they pretty much was going like look just give us enough money to pay our people and we'll shut production down, but we do not want to lose our character. So we will license out our character of Zazam to you guys to be able to do it. So this happened in 1952, but in 1953, Sally Fawcett Comics had to close their doors. And because of that, they needed to make up as much equity as possible. So they decided to hand over the rights who does the same character to DC Comics in 1953? I know, so those sad and whatnot, but you know this was back in the day, this was like a cutthroat business, I mean that's how it was in the 1950s or so, that like you had to do what you needed to do and that's what DC did, so like, I don't want to give any hate or anything or shed any hate on DC Comics because I love DC Comics and I just want to let you guys know that just because this was what happened in the past, so you shouldn't condemn anybody or anything else whatsoever because of what people did in the past to what's going on the president but like I said sadly that's what happened but here's the thing they did lose Um but they were able to do this but oh crap seriously I'm sorry I had a brain it for a second 1967 is when they lost a the name to Captain Marvel because um, copyrighting them you have to pay the rights and everything for it so, pretty much in 1967, when the licensing was looping for the name Captain Marvel, and for the Marvel name, they didn't have the money. And because of that, someone made a goof up and Timely Comics, which is now known as Marvel Comics, now in 1967, grabbed up the name and copyrighted it, and forever since has been part of the Marvel family since then. Because then they made a Captain Marvel comic book. They um, coined their um, business from Timely Comics to Marvel Comics. So there's where the name Captain Marvel came from. And where Marvel Comics and Captain Marvel came from was because of that. But, like I said, that's how it, that's the way to cookie crumbles. <laughs> but, here's the thing. 1973 was actually the return of Suzanne That they decided to bring the character back for a very limited run series and that because of it, they actually brought CC back out of retirement to actually um, bring the character back to life. To bring it back up to how the character was before. But things did not work out well because during the time that C.C. Beck was actually fighting with the executives and whatnot with DC Comics on where the direction was going with it, C.C. Beck wanted to keep the character cartoonish and the way that he was. DC wanted to go to a different approach that. They wanted to somewhat keep that, but they wanted to make it more of a serious thing or a much more serious character, and C.C. was not having that. So because of that, after 15 issues of him um, being on it he left he was just going like you know what I'm done I'm just done you guys and everything want to go in a different way with it I want to go a different way with it we're not going to have common ground so okay I'm done so sadly, that's what happened that C.C. Beck did leave the series and that they just continued on from there But in 1973, that they actually did, um, yeah, like I said, 1973, they did do that. But in 1974, with Filmation Studios and CBS, that they came out with a series of Zazam for the television series. And that was an amazing series that, like, um, pretty much they did the whole premise of Billy Batson going around, um, going around the US and whatnot, helping people, saving people. Yeah, I know this sounds like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> because it kind of was like that, but the difference is, is that what it set apart from all the other ones, is that they had two different replacement people for Zazam, and on top of that, that, at the end of each different episode, that they kind of gave like a life lesson. Not um kind of like a fine of segment thing, kind of like Jerry Springer. Yeah, that's kind of weird bring up Jerry Springer when I'm talking about DC comics. <laughs> but here's the thing that um the people in there, who was on the sale, show in their with Jackson Boswick, who was actually um Captain Marvel, but then later on was changed over to John TV, and then Mike Ray was actually the person who portrayed Billy Banton. Now, here's the thing. The show lasted for about seven seasons, which is actually pretty good for a um, TV series based on a comic book character because a lot of other people, they never gotten that far. But, um... During the time that we, um, after a while, during the comic sales theory, Conn took a bit of a dip. So he became more of a background character in certain comics and whatnot. But during um, 1995 was when Jerry Ordway actually came up with the um, series, The Powers of Sazam. Pretty much changed everything up, but then brought more into the mainstream because the series actually lasted between 1995 to um, 1995 to 1999 but during that time too that Alex Ross who is actually a Michigan native actually drew and wrote the story Kingdom Come and Suzanne was a huge part of that character. Now, if you guys have not read this book of Kingdom Come, I highly recommend you guys going out and getting yourselves a copy of this book. Now, pretty much it's in this dystopian future where the superheroes were changing that they are not the same that they were before. And, um, pretty much Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all the old superheroes come out of retirement to actually put the new heroes into shape. Because, apparently, somewhere in the middle, they kind of lost the whole, like, yeah, you guys are doing the whole superhero thing wrong. This is how you do it. And because of that that's what happened but later on the book Sazam becomes a main part of it but I'm not going to give too much weight because it's an amazing book I highly recommend you guys going to get that book so like I said Jerry Ardwall at the time did the Powers of Sazam series and it was actually pretty good I actually read a little bit of myself of it but I never actually read the full extent of it and Hmm. and then during the time too that there was actually another series than everything that was released it was called The Monster Society of Evil that pretty much these were old characters from back in the day like way back in the 1940s like I said these were characters that were actually part of the Zazam universe back in the 40s when they were still with Fawcett Comics and it was actually a great series that was actually put out and then um, the Charles the exam actually came out in 2007 or 2006 and 2007. It's a very limited series run. And then, like I said, the Monster Society of Evil came out uh, drawn and written by Jeff Smith. Now, these guys are amazing artists. And uh, I just wanted to give that point out. And now we are actually up to the currentness of Captain Marvel. Now, this is, was a series that was actually released during the New 52 run lasting from 2011 to 2017 because that's actually around the time when DC Rebirth came out. And that the series took place in everything and the back issues or the back part of Justice League issues. And that was kind of sucky, but I'm still glad that um, my boy, Jeff Jones, who is actually the president of DC Comics and a little facto, a Michigan native. I mean, cause I'm actually from Michigan and Jeff Jones is actually from Detroit. And like, I was gonna like, look at this. I mean, this dude was a writer and now he is the leading dude who is running DC Comics Is a Michigan native. I mean, who else could say that? I mean, we got Tim Allen, we got a lot of other people from here, but when you can say, yo, dude's running dc now you're like what (laughs) i know i'm joshing i'm joshing so much but i i had to throw this out there i really had to throw this out there showing much love to jeff jones and everything for this that like this dude was able to like make a great story and i love the story and everything that they did and he did this with Gary Frank. And like I said, this was a backup story to the Justice League books that happened during the New 52 run. And because of that, that I'm thinking there's like about seven issues, seven or eight issues to the Zazam series, which got another relaunch due to the um, movie that had come out. And this is where I have to stop it right there because... Um, A lot of the things that I would say about the new 52 exam would completely spoil the movie. And I already told you this is a spoiler-free thing of the movie. And I'm not going to let anything slip. If you guys really want to go watch the movie, I highly recommend it. It It's doing really well in the box office. And I will let you guys know about what I thought about the movie. Because I actually recently saw it myself. So, on top of this being an origin tale. A little more informational stuff about the character. I'm also doing this as a movie review. Um, review. That, overall, I love the movie. That I love the new direction that DC Comics is going with this. And I feel that, like, you know, if DC keeps going this way with their then they're gonna have a run. I'm giving Marvel a run for its money because we all know for a fact that um, Wonder Woman did amazing, Aquaman did amazing. Sadly, Donna Justice could have been better. I mean, the theatrical version, not that great. The Snyder's cut of it was actually not that bad, it actually bumped it up a bit. It gave a little bit more into it, and that, ugh, I will say this, ugh, the Justice League movie, yeah, there's just so much wrong with that, because, I mean, you had two different directors come in during the production stages of it. You had the mix of Josh Whedon's, um, quirkiness, funniness, and Josh Whedon I mean, being Josh Whedon. I mean, And then you have Zack Snyder, which he went with his approach and whatnot. But, you know, I actually heard this, too. That I I heard that there is a Snyder's cut of the Justice League movie. But we don't know if we're ever going to see the light of day of it. That it really is up to Warner Brothers at the time to, whether or not they do want to do a special edition thing of Justice League, of the Snyder's cut of it. Which... I would definitely like to see that. I would definitely love to see the rest of how Scotts um, Zach Snyder did with the Justice League movies because, yeah, it probably didn't do all that well because, like I said, it was, it was two different blendings of two different people. And I know a lot of people be like, "Well, it's a great movie. It's a great movie." I was gonna like, okay, granted, everybody has their own opinion, but it says this is my opinion on it also yeah it was just, yeah <laughs> but like I said with Zazam oh that that was definitely good I loved Zazam it was a great movie I love Zachary Levi being him because I knew this dude as Chuck from back in the day and if you haven't seen Chuck what is wrong with you people that was a great show on NBC sadly it was canceled but it's still a great show this is I felt like it didn't find its footing or if it did not find its fan base until later down the road. That's how it is with a lot of movies and TV shows that you know they never were able to find a fan base at the time and once they do find their fan base it's a little too a little too late. It's like the same thing with the whole Buffy the Vampire series or if not Angel on um, Firefly Um, a lot of other shows too that like you never they never got to find her footing or if not they never got to find her audience until later down the road and then people wanted to camp clamoring more and more for it but it was a little too late um too late but mark strong dude seriously this guy has range i mean (laughs) mostly being a villain but overall this guy plays the villain well And that is saying something, because there's a lot of people that cannot play the villain really well, but yet this dude, he takes the cake and everything, and he does it very phenomenally. But I will say that, overall, I never saw anything wrong with it. I mean, it was a little long, I will say that. It was a little lengthy when it was getting to stuff, but it still had a great beginning, a great middle, and a great end. And then it does leave it open for a sequel, which I'm looking forward to. And if they actually bring in Black Adam, which I want that so badly, and for Dwayne Johnson to play Black Adam, ooh, that you're talking about a good movie right there, I tell you what. <laughs> but... Overall, if you guys really want to see a really good movie, take your kids to go see it. If you want to go watch it for yourself, I highly recommend it. I give this 5 nerds out of 5. And I highly recommend it. I know, uh, like I said, a lot of people may or may not like it. But with everybody, it's his own opinion. But for me, I give it my nerd seal of approval. I definitely like it. But, anywho, we are coming to the end of this episode i know it's sad but i gotta go <laughs> but anywho i do want to give another shout out to the things that where i gathered all this information from that i want to give a shout out to, um wikipedia and i gotta give it out to this book which i'm actually grabbing real quick what it is this? it is called The Superhero Book, The Ultimate Encyclopedia of Comic Book Icons and Hollywood Heroes by Gina Bishogu, Bishogu and I do apologize if I'm butchering the crap on that name, I'm not giving the names, but anywho, this is actually where I got a huge chunk of my information from, a little DC everything from DCComicBooks.com, DCUniverse.com, and on top of that, Wikipedia, and like I said, the superhero book. And if you guys want to get a hold of this book, um, it's on Amazon. It's actually for $14. And if you are guys are lucky or fortunate enough, you might find it for a lot cheaper because I was actually able to find my book in a five below. And yeah, that's actually pretty awesome to find a book for a good price. But anywho, if you guys really want to learn more about Sam, learn more, like, the characters about him, look it up. Um, look it up on Wikipedia, like I said, this book. And I just want to say I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are. you having a great morning, great day, great evening, a great afternoon. And with that being said, this is Rob, a.k.a. Broken Nerd Podcast, signing off.